We're now going to continue in this story, uh, this account of Jesus' discourse, um, the last part of the discourse at Sukkot. And as you can see, now it's shepherding, shepherding sheep, being their gate, being their means of access, being their means of access to the Father. As this text says, I know mine and mine know me, as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Did you ever dream that that's the intimacy we're called to? Why don't we preach this every Sunday? Get people to hunger and thirst for this. It's better than the NFL. And it's certainly better than booze and sex. To know the Father, even as I am known? Wow. You have to pay the price. The price, yeah. But the price is just to purify us. And then if we're really holy, you don't need to pay the price anymore. We could share in the passion of Christ like the great saints do. But if we can just make the JV, it would be okay. The junior varsity. Okay. Now there's this, this very mysterious part of the text. Uh, I have other sheep that are not of the sheepfold. Well, he's standing there in the temple talking to Jews. But just as you have, I'll read it for you. When does our Lord say, now the hour has come? Remember when he says that? He says that when one of the disciples comes up to him, it's chapter 12, we're ending the book uh, of uh, signs and beginning the book of glory, which begins in chapter 13. And um, no, and this is the text, John 12, 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who had come up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said, Sir, we would like, we would like to see Jesus. Okay. And Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus said, Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Why? Because the Gentiles want to see me. Those are the other sheep. It, you see? Now I know. Now I know. See, and that's why right after that he says, you see, um, let me find that spot again. Um, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, which means crucified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit in the whole world. The Greeks, the Afghanistan, the Chinese, the Japanese, they will all be joined physically to me for eternity. Now is the hour. And so, that's what he's saying here. Okay? So, see, I have other sheep and there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now he begins to explain how that's going to happen. That is why the Father loves me. That I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. I'm, I'm totally given over to the Father. And I can't be totally transformed by the fire of the Holy Spirit unless I die in an act of love. That's the name of the game. 
my humanity cannot be the source of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, it cannot penetrate humanity unless I am, my humanity is totally transformed by my death and resurrection. That's why Peter in his speech there in Acts 2.38 says, Having been raised to the right hand of the Father, now he's totally transformed through death and resurrection, right? Having been raised to the right hand of the Father, he received the promised Holy Spirit. And he pours him out, he poured him out, and that's what you see in here. That is the Pentecost. That is the reversal of the Tower of Babel. All those nations couldn't understand one another. Now all those nations can understand one another because they all live by the same Spirit. They can go on speaking Chinese, Arabic, whatever they want. But now the humanity could be one. But it takes the glorification of Jesus. So that's why he says here, you see, uh, that is why the Father loves me, that I lay down my life that I might take it again. Then he goes on, no one takes it from me. Nobody can take my life from me. I am the living, eternal Son of God, incarnate among you because I love you. Nobody can take my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I receive from my Father. Do you see? If you read John carefully, and remember, you know, we're only up to chapter 10, but if you read John carefully, there is a Trinitarian structure to all that Jesus is talking about. This mystery of the Passion is a mystery of the love between the Father and the Son. And when he dies, he hands over the Spirit. And so, I'm willing, I want to do this, Father. I've received this command from you. And uh, it's up to me. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. And I'm going to do this, just that. So when you see me helpless, in incredible pain, abandoned on the cross, don't forget, I'm doing this freely. Because I love you. And that's why I'm doing it. And if I had to do it over again, I would gladly do it. I love you. And that's hard for us to get, you know. That's why you got to hang around with him. Talk to him. Say, look, Jesus, I just read Scripture for a half hour. I don't have a clue what I was just reading. Not a clue. Can you help me? If you say that enough, you'll be astonished what happens. One of the ways he talks to us is right through that text. And you know. You know when you've got a bright idea and when the Spirit has impressed the reality on your spirit. There's a difference. Right ideas, they're nice. You can get a degree on them. But it doesn't mean you know anything. Well, you know something. But that's supposed to be a preparation for really knowing. You see? And that's why he says, you see, uh, uh, I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. This command, what command? I received from my Father. Now, how can he say? Isn't he equal to the Father? How can he say he's got a command from the Father? 
Didn't they agree on this before he became incarnate? Of course. But part of this incarnate life, which so thrills him, is that, you see, he can have a, he's God, right? But he can have a creature's love for his father as well as a divine person's love for his father. As um, Maximus the Confessor says, we are saved by the human decision of a divine person. There's a human decision. And that's what he's talking about. You see? Nobody takes it from me. I lay it down to my own accord. That's the human decision. You see? This command I receive from my Father, a divine person. So, then a schisma arise, arises, okay? A, a division happened, occurred because of these words. Because they're catching on. This guy is trying to say God is his Father. So many of them were saying, he has a demon, and he's raving. Why listen to him? I mean, he's talking about God being his father, about he and God agreeing on this. You know, he and the Father are one, he said earlier. You know, he's raving. Why listen to him? Others were saying, these words are not those of one demonized. And how's the, what's the proof? Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You go right back to that simple, earthy gesture, which in his mercy he does and still does. There's still a healing and exorcism and deliverance ministry in the church in the power of Jesus Christ so that people will know he's alive, will experience his compassion, and they'll learn to love him and want to obey him and give their lives to him. You see? And so now we've come full circle in this John's transposition of the Feast of Sukkot. The whole feast now. First, the water, then the light, then the shepherd, which are the three themes of Sukkot. You remember? We can go back over them quickly. You see, what John is doing is saying, this feast of Sukkoth was a gift from God the Father to you people. If God had not inspired a way of worship, within two weeks the Jews would have been worshiping every other God in the town. They needed a special way of worship to keep them faithful to God. And they still had a hard time. How many times does God tell them, you're worshipping idols, you're worshipping nothing, you're not paying attention to me. And God gave them the way of worship. Now Jesus is saying, that's for now. Then, this is for now. But can you see, even pastorally, when the liturgy, the Mass, is celebrated beautifully, when there's real preaching from the Word, you know, when people are entering into this prayer, this prayer, when the priest is standing there saying this prayer, you see, this is Christ praying in him, offering himself again, and drawing everybody in that church into this act of offering. So they should all be there glued to their places, listening, with their hearts moving with Jesus to give themselves to the Father. That's what it's all about. And so, you see, that's what he's saying here, you see. And so, uh, 
can a, can a demonized person, can a demoniac, open the eyes of the blind? No. No. In other words, you see, we've started with water. Without water in the desert, you die. I know. I've been in the desert. You can't imagine. Some of you have too. How hot it is, how dry it is. And you start to get dizzy. Then you get sleepy. You just want to lie down. And if you do, you're dead. You've got, you've got to bring water with you. And if you, I mean, people have died just walking. There's a famous Anglican priest who died on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Or Jericho to Jerusalem. I forgot which. But he didn't listen. They say, look, it's hot. It's dry. Bring water. Ah, it's just... And he died. You see, you need water. God supplied it for them because he loves them. He gave them manna. You see? And so the first part... And as the tradition develops that water, what does it become? It becomes the words of the Torah. You'll die without water, but you'll also die without the word of God. And so, and then it moves on to light. Why I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So he heals this man's blindness. Which blindness? The eyes or the heart? Both. But the one that's going to last for eternity? Do you, do you know the Son of Man? Who is he, Lord? I am speaking with you. And he worshipped him. At that moment, he entered eternal life. Just live his life that way, and he's going to see the Lord forever. And then finally, this last part, you see, I'm the door, I'm the shepherd, I'm the gate. You see, come to me, enter through me, and you will have happiness even when things are tough, when the stock market crashes, or when the whole system falls down, when the Chinese invade the country, whatever's going to happen. All difficult stuff, no fun. But the Lord is saying, don't worry, I will be there with you. 